2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Back to You. We are happy to have you back joining us once again uh, with Panger and Niner. I'm KT. We have so much to get to in this episode, including we're going to get to our Super Bowl predictions because the big game is coming up on Sunday of this week as we're recording. We've got Carrie Walsh Jennings, three-time Olympic gold medalist, bronze medalist, <laughs> arguably the greatest beach volleyball player of all time, and certainly uh, I would vouch for that as a woman and a female player and and – dominated everywhere everywhere she went so we're excited to have her on she's super inspirational and um and it's great to see you guys in panger i mean you're coming off the nhl all-star break probably a reason why we haven't heard from you on the group text message in about a week <laughs> what the heck were you doing during this time
1: oh i think i'm getting stung a little bit here yeah my uh, <laughs> my ability my ability um well first of all i was on a i was on a 9 day road trip uh, with the Blackhawks and uh, and a game oh, okay. be- and, a, and a game in between with TNT. So I was in Vancouver, uh, out to dinner with Rick Tockett and Adam Foot. Uh, that was that was a good night. Uh, <laughs> and then and then you know then game in Vancouver, travel to Seattle, TNT game there, and then travel right to Edmonton for a game the next day. A day off in Calgary. Whew, really needed that one there. And then Calgary, and then. I, I took the flight with the Blackhawks after the game, arrive in Chicago at about four 4.30 a.m. and hop on a bird right over to uh, to Arizona. Okay, oh so it was easier for me to get to a 1 o'clock tea time to join these 12 guys where we were playing 36 holes a day, except for the first day because we all, all got there at about 12. It was easier for me to fly with the team to Chicago, to Arizona, and get there at 11 o'clock and it was for me to fly from Calgary to Arizona and I wouldn't get there till 12:08 long story short so I was a little wow. fatigued at this point at this point there I'm I've got all these when we going to do and I'm like checked out okay nap time on the plane then I start playing well then you know what happens when you get there with the group now I got 12 buddies I haven't seen in a long time and now it's got the, red wine going on oh, you know geez. you got the food you know you got things going on and you're hot stoving all night long because we stayed right there at the bunk houses at, at, at whisper rock and then the next morning at eight o'clock on the tee 18 holes half hour break 18 holes and then afterwards ah, you know again so a lot so you know looking at lo- the text
2: thread, being like 95 text messages on the back to uh, you thread what what do they uh, want
1: I, I, I was like, "Can was,
2: you do Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday? When can, when are you available to record?"
1: <laughs> and and I it was it was tough, boy. I got to tell you, I I was fatigued, and I and oh, then and, I got, and the and then no I got, phone
3: policy at the at the club, so it made
2: it and harder. That's right,
1: KT. See that you're not allowed to have the phone well, running around. So you no, kind of just
2: on your anyway in the golf. No, board. exactly. So that's I just turned KT it off, and it, and it was.
1: Had, that's right. And then I turned around, <laughs> and I left. I left there, and I got back to Chicago at about 4 and then the next morning at 8 Lynn and I were on the plane to Jersey to be with my son and uh, my my daughter-in-law and my three granddaughters and so for 4 days we were there. So I have kind of been a little bit rugged, you know. Right. Excuses are for, for losers, but these aren't yeah. excuses. These are it's a break. I needed yeah, this break. So now that. I need another break. We so need KT. a break
3: from your break. So KT, yeah. he's in North Jersey, doesn't call you. Yeah. He's 10 minutes from me in Scottsdale, doesn't call me. <laughs> I see where it's Should at. We take, we take yeah. a hit? He's just using us, Niner. He's just
1: using us. Uh, our...
3: I
2: mean, Wait
1: a second. He's going to go by
3: my house to get to Whisper Rock, and he still didn't even call me.
1: <laughs> well, gang, on this show, we like to showcase an event or a story which caught our attention as it relates to an achievement featuring hard work and dedication of one's craft. That's exactly what Back to You is all about. This is powered by Mira Golf. And when you think of Mira Golf, you think of Katsuhiro Mira, the founder of Mira Golf, and he's mastered the art of steel. Take a look at this. Mmm, that's hand forged, baby, right there. That's what this is all about. Every forage club is handcrafted at the factory in Himeji, Japan, where Mira's meticulous process and attention to detail highlight the family's unwavering pursuit of perfection. And if that isn't, back to you, I don't know what is. Uh, well, he was story nine. Well, now that
2: we've all spent right. 20 minutes uh, hearing the Darren Pang story and how great life has been for the last two weeks, um, let's get right to it, guys, because we've got an incredible guest and we want to hear all about it. And of course, in honor of National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which is February 7th, it is this week. It's exciting. Let's get right to Carrie Walsh Jennings.
1: Oh, that's some hot toddy right there. Oh, that's, no. what the, that's what that is. Uh,
0: I wish I'm sober. <laughs> well, and I need to that, change I'm, that. Actually,
1: no, hot toddy. Hot toddy could just be water and lemon. Oh, okay. You know, it is a they, hot toddy.
0: <laughs> it's go. water
1: and lemon. Awesome. So, where
0: you're wearing your ski hat? You're wearing. You look all snowed in a little bit. Where are you right now? So we live in Lake Tahoe on the Nevada side, Incline Village. Um, we were in Manhattan Beach, you know, SoCal for 20 years and then COVID hit and our baby's little spirits started to shrink. So we are like, we got to get out of here, go somewhere a little more free and we haven't left. That's
2: awesome. So the babies are the three little ones. Now they're not little anymore, Carrie. No. No. You need to me on the kids and where they're at and all their sporting adventures because these are like, they are just the greatest little kids, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: they're not they're not babies. They're 14, 14, <laughs> and 10, Um, full of, you know, hormones and attitudes and opinions <laughs> and, and greatness and goodness. Um, you know, the, whatever, whatever sports and seasons, what they're playing, you know, diversity is kind of the name of, of the game in our house. Uh, we have an eighth grader, a seventh grader and a fifth grader. Yeah. My daughter scout just started playing volleyball. My yeah. husband started a club for her, so she's got the bug and she loves it. And our boys are currently in basketball and they just, they love it, you know? So they're wonderful, like really good little souls. Um, yeah, and yeah they're awesome.
2: So the volleyball league being in Tahoe is, it, I'm assuming
0: it's all indoors at this time of year and what yeah. she's practicing. <laughs> yeah. The Not. beach is, the beach is frozen over right now. and <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So indoor, uh, Lake Tahoe Volleyball Academy, um, mm-hmm. and Casey, you know, my husband, you know, he played a beautiful career indoor play, you know, won a championship at BYU, won many championships on the beach. Um, and he's a stud and, but he's like inherently he's a coach and he's lived such a crazy journey that has been, mine has been Seemingly linear, and his has been every which way, and yet still reach the top of the mountain and all these things. And so, for him to be coaching and kind of pouring into these young kids, it's really, really special.
2: Yeah, and how special for the young kids to learn from Casey Jennings as well. It's like amazing. Yeah.
1: I know. Like,
0: yeah. They feel it. You know, they feel yeah, it, which is really nice. Yeah. I bet. I bet. What's it I like bet he's you I, got, I bet uh, it's a
1: great teacher. He really I, is.
0: I, you know, I'm a terrible teacher. It's like, I just, I can't articulate I talk fast. I get nervous. He's just (laughs) like, he's calm and composed. Like how fast I talk, he talks the opposite. (laughs) He's like, you know, he just, he has a good pace about him, but he talks to the kids. Like they're not like they're adults, but like with a lot of reverence and respect and responsibility. And I think they feel that, I think they feel that he can see the potential in them. And so they like take pride in that. And I think that's such a powerful gift that a coach can instill in these kids. It's like, hey, you could do this. I'm going to give you some tough love, let you know the how and the why, and it's up to you.
2: I, I'm gonna jump in. I didn't want to interrupt, Panger like I did last time. But um, what is it like for you, you know, watching your daughter, but also your sons who are involved in so many different sports? And I, I thought it was so interesting you mentioned diversity in sports because mm-hmm. so many people are putting their kids and focusing on one sport at such a young age. And you were a diversified athlete straight up through your days at Stanford, and you played basketball and did all these wonderful athletic accomplishments in many different sports until you mm-hmm. honed in on volleyball and you knew that was going to take you to the to the top of the mountain. But why is it so important, do you think, for kids to be diversified in sports when we're seeing it go the
0: opposite way in so many different cities and towns across the US? I know. You know, it's A, it's just sports is just wonderful you know Mm -hmm. and for me it's been my mechanism to understand my life and the world and myself since i was born you know it's such a gift and so the fact that these kids are dropping out by the time they're 13 or 14 mostly young Mm -hmm. girls by that age but young boys as well the fact that the kids are asked to be specialized not only within a position in the sport within the but within a sport itself like pick one sport when you're 10 and go with it and you know my my, my thoughts on it is just that I, I want range in my life, you know, and I, I, you only get range by trying new things and being a beginner and having reps in all these different environments, you know, and, and when you have range, it's not just physical range for the craft and it's athleticism. It's like problem solving. It's the way to communicate in a different, you know, I went from indoor volleyball, which is, you know, there's six, I have five other teammates to beach volleyball. There's two. And that, like I everything I learned in indoor, I brought to the beach and everything I learned on the beach, I bring to my marriage. And, you know, so <laughs> it's just really important to, to just, just to try things. And something that my husband does so well, and my parents did really well growing up is they planted a lot of seeds in me, you know, and I, I just feel like you never know what's going to bloom. And so mm-hmm. as parents, I, I, I understand the stress, like of making, of asking your child to play club elite sports. Pick a spot like and just hone in. I understand it because it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to say no to that. Mm -hmm. However, if we think big picture, if we think of, you know, what kind of um, self-awareness and self-esteem and capacity do we want our children to have 10 years down the road, specializing maybe in this one little area isn't going to give them that you know, so God bless all the parents trying to figure it out. God bless the kids who are so willing to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I just hope that we can kind of have a paradigm shift where people celebrate diversity again, celebrate, you know, playing for the joy of it. I -hmm. played basketball in high school because it made me better in volleyball. I didn't want to play, you know, but it's like kind of that perspective. It just wasn't the end result. It's like, how how is this going to make me become more and better of myself? Yeah. Encouragement to parents and to kids. Speaking of,
2: I ran ran cross country in high school because it trained me for basketball and and for softball in the spring. And then all of a sudden cross country became my best sport. And I went to college on a scholarship for it. So planting the seeds, it's like you never Mm -hmm. know what's going to strike and what's going to work. And, um, yeah, I just I find it fascinating that, you know, I just think it's so great to be involved in so many different activities. And by the way, you meet new friends in all different. Totally. Exactly. Different. You know, each sport requires a different
0: type of discipline, too. So you're coached by different people.
3: All of it. Speaking of dual sports, are the kids uh, into skiing now that you're in Tahoe?
0: They, you know, they are. We have one snowboarder in my Joey, um, and then we got two skiers with Sundance and Scouty. My husband's a boarder. So yeah, you know, it's so cool. So we live in a really little town here in Tahoe and every Thursday the kids get out at noon and they get to go to the mountain. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I mean, it's just, it's pretty awesome. incredible. Yeah, so it's it's really beautiful. And my husband um, and my kids live the lifestyle here really, really well in the winter. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a chicken. Like I, I grew up coming here skiing when I was a young girl. And then when I got to Stanford, I got my scholarship and they said, if you get hurt skiing, we're gonna pull oh, it. And well, I just I, never yeah. really hit the mountain anymore. And I wish yeah. I would've called their bluff. Cause you know, once you stop something, it's so hard to go back. And so I'm just kind of chicken right now, but (laughs) it's so so worth the discomfort. I just need to get out there. Do you miss Manhattan Beach? I know you guys spent a lot of time building that
2: house and, you know, you were just kind of settled in and there. And then all of a sudden we know what happened with the pandemic. But um, how
0: much of it do you miss? We certainly miss the new house that we built. You know, we we moved (laughs) into this little cabin here and it's beautiful and wonderful and cozy, but, you know, new is nice. Uh, We miss our friends you know, more than anything, it's, it's kind of shocking how much I don't really miss LA. um, Because I, you know, the moment I graduated Stanford, I moved down there, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was, it was my home and I loved it so much. And, um, but the beach was my job. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't go there a lot just for fun. Um, The kids' sports were really fun. There was, a they were able to play more outside, obviously, because the weather, we missed that. But mostly our friends who are just near and dear to us and, and no one really visits us yet. Ridiculous! Oh my you guys are not taking oh, well. you up on
3: that I don't,
2: offer. I
0: will happily be your first visitor then. Yeah. Oh, oh, how cute! Well, <laughs> if we had the nice, you guys are all welcome. If we, if we had the nice big house here, they would. But we just got this tidy place. So
3: one day. Yeah. How
0: far? How far are you from Edgewood and South Lake Oh my Tahoe. gosh, I don't even know. So we're we're in Incline Village, and Diamond Peak is our home. Okay. Peak, which is like literally three minutes away, and then Mount Rose is really close. Mm-hmm. um Edgewood is that South Shore? South. I Lake don't Tahoe, leave my. Yeah. I don't, I don't leave my bubble, you know? So oh, I know yeah. it's not too long around the lake South shore is probably like 40, 45 minutes from us. Okay. So easy. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: well, these guys are experienced with, uh, you know, with Tahoe because of the golf. So Craig, over I know there on, on the, oh, corner, that's where they have the
0: golf. Okay. I know Edgewood. Yeah, Edgewood. exactly. God, my brain's an idiot. Yeah, that's probably 30, 35 minutes away. And it's gorgeous over nice. there. So we're on the more, in my opinion, peaceful side because we don't mm-hmm. have the casinos. <laughs> along right. with us. Um, right. Yeah, it's a little more neighborhoody over here. It By any a big- chance,
1: a couple of years ago during COVID, the NHL did a great thing and they had their, you know, the winter classic because of COVID. But they had it right in, in Tahoe. Did you happen to see that or watch it or were you close to that?
0: no you know i know i think that was in south shore as well maybe near harvey's or one of the casinos it was um, on edgewood it was on the golf course. it was the same Yeah, Yeah, no, I missed it. But, you know, it's such, I mean, you guys know the area. It's such a perfect area to have really exclusive Mm -hmm. special events like that. You know, they have concerts all the time. And obviously that golf Mm -hmm. tournament is just a staple. But, um, no, I missed that. But I I like hockey and I like that they did that. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they did a great job. um,
2: You know, you, you went from, obviously, you talked about Los Angeles. And now you're living in this quaint little town with all this, you know, wonderfulness around you and nature and the mountains. And what is the community like for you in that area and how it's so different from L.A.?
0: Um, well, I, it's just not that it wasn't friendly in LA. Cause you know, in Manhattan beach, like you have a little pocket and you kind of, you know, your people and your regulars and all these things. I think there's just a sense of peace. More, more peace within everyone here because it's not a rat race everyone's still working hard and doing their thing but they're you know you don't have a 45 minute commute to go two miles you know and just kind of the stress of the outside inputs um is just far less here different stresses mm-hmm. you know um but it's a beautiful little town in the whole town shows up for high school football games. The whole town shows up for, you know, the kids play uh flag football in the fall and like the town comes, you know, <laughs> and for little league. So that's kind of the environment it is here, but also, you know, we're, our oldest is going to be a freshman next year. And so we're moving back to the Bay area where I grew up. <laughs> so oh, yes. okay. wow. I'm, like, I'm, I'm so excited and I'm also so intimidated. And it's just like, the lessons I've learned here is just like the power of stillness, the power of nature, the power of creating a safe, sacred space. And it's very easy to do here. And so my task as a mama bear and as a woman who wants to feel this sense of inner peace is to bring that to the Bay Area, which, you know, wish me luck. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a tall task, but I don't mind those. That's
2: I awesome. think you could handle it. Yeah. I I, I you hope I Plus, you're know going back home. I mean, when was the last time I you know. actually lived there? It was back when, you know, you were during your- I safety. was 21.
0: 21 uh, last time I lived at home and my whole family's there. You know, I I have my, my three siblings and all my nieces and nephews and my parents. And like my mom's one of eight, my dad's one of four. My uncle just actually passed away last week. Um, But they all live within like five miles. So uh, all of us, so it's, it's intense. Um, But you know, like Los Gatos, Saratoga is kind of a a Bay Area uh, version of, of Incline Village, which to me, you got the Redwoods, you got the Peace. But right around it is madness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we love Los Gatos. Beautiful area. Yeah, um,
2: great yeah, area. I want to talk to you about your, you know, what you've been doing and what you're busy with because you have a lot on your plate. And I know um, a lot of great things coming down the pipe. But we chatted years ago on a different podcast about your P1440. And it had just launched. And I love the motto behind it. 1,440 minutes in a day. Make the most of it. Live, believe, all of that. But yeah. it's beach volleyball in a vision for change is kind of what you guys are coming up with with this big concept. So how is it going? And also, you know, why is it so important to utilize your impact in the beach volleyball community to create such change everywhere you go with P1440? Um,
0: well, 1440 is amazing. And thank you so much for asking and allowing me to talk to this. You know, when we first talked to was it was very newly launched and we were a for-profit entity that was really trying to serve from the top down from the pros on down to the juniors. And then COVID hit and everything went away and we started to focus on the juniors and digital programming and really empowering and encouraging the kids to develop themselves from the inside out. You know, like life is so hard, There's, which is okay, hard isn't bad, but life is challenging. You know, if you're on a pursuit of greatness, whether it's, you know, in the classroom or on the court or... In any which way, um, you're going to need to be fortified. And so, what was so cool over COVID is that we would have you know these really intimate group trainings where we would send them volleyball training, so fun. They got to get outside and be active with a sibling. But also, we would do the mindfulness and you know the the breath work and the meditation and just kind of getting them connected with who they are and their self identity. And that was the stuff we had so much feedback about. And so now moving forward, COVID's long gone and we're hosting tournaments. Um, we have the Fab 50 with which is 50 of the best juniors in the country coming together to be trained and treat community and mentorship and beautiful things. Um, and so, but all with the theme of empowerment and encouragement you know, because as we started this kind of conversation, it's just, there's so much stress and specialization with these kids and that's okay. But whatever, wherever the kids find themselves, we just want them to know that they are the hero of their own story and they don't need to wait to be saved, you know, but the the newest thing about 1440 is that we are now a nonprofit P1440 foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, and with that, we're, you know, inviting the community to help us change lives. Last summer, we had our programming in the LAUSD school system in Los Angeles. And we, I think we trained over 750 kids throughout the summer, not only in volleyball, introducing them to the game and the fun, but also the breath work and agility and all these trainings that I do as Olympic athlete that I know is relevant for you guys, for these little kids. And the feedback was wonderful. So um, 1440 is growing. Um, If everyone can go to p1440.org, it's such a beautiful, powerful thing. Um, We're, we're training and developing the elites and we're training and developing the newbies.
1: Awesome. That sounds yeah. really awesome. We are here with Carrie Lee Walsh Jennings, and, and I'm just looking, and I'm, I'm cheating a little bit here because I, I know how tall you are, and I'm yeah. really little. And, and Carrie, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the second, I'm the second smallest goalie to ever play in the NHL. So I'm five foot four and a half. And I love your is your nick. Is it really six feet of sunshine? Is that your nickname? Hell yeah.
0: Yes, it that is. is so,
1: See, that is so great. I love that. My nickname when I was playing junior hockey, the coach said, got mad at me. I gave up a couple too many goals. I was a goalie, and he called me short ass. So and, and, and Very six descriptive. Feet of, <laughs> see, six feet of sunshine. That sounds great. I, uh, I wish you would have called me five feet of sunshine. That's uh, uh, well, I just
0: have to say that I really have always appreciated being tall. I'm 6'2 in a little bit. My dad six is 6'8". Six you know, um, wow. I always wanted to be like my dad who was tall and graceful and powerful. My mom's five, seven, not short, but she, you know, we're like, yeah. you're, you're a small fry. Like <laughs> I want to be taller than my dad. <laughs> that being said, as I went through the, I kind of grew a little bit late. I was never short, but I was always kind of middle of the pack. And then I grew in high school to be, you know, taller, but I was always so appreciative of not, not growing too fast, too soon, because right. then you'll become a master of your craft because they allow you to be sloppy, you mm-hmm. know? And then as I became a pro, I was. Like, I think that gave me some grit and some focus on the details that sometimes you often don't get when you're tall. But then when I became a pro, I was so proud of myself that I had that grit, but I was like, I want to be six, two and a bit of me, but I want to play like I'm five, four, like, because there's this tenacity and precision and figure it outness about smaller athletes in every sport that I have so much respect and admiration for. And so, and the fact that you're in the NHL and kicking ass, like, (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Well, Carrie, do you think, do you think then in your transition, I mean, I mean to be smaller and then to get to be six, three, I played with a lot of guys that, you know, they started in junior hockey or whatever and they were smaller and then all of a sudden they grew a little bit and then it took them a little bit of time to find their coordination and their, their, I guess they're not, not, not reflexes so much as just balance more than anything yeah. else, I guess. Just did, connecting did, did, the dots. Right. I guess that's right. Get, getting connectivity. Do, do you think that helped being a multi-sport athlete in, in getting to where you were Then in volleyball in that. Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's such a good question. No doubt. You know, and I think no matter what size you are, if you, if you're like training in different platforms and angles and, you know, like plateaus, like you're just going to develop, you're just going to be weird and be comfortable being weird, you know? And instead of like, I I love people who are masters of their craft. Like I want to be a fantastic volleyball player, but what I always wanted to be was the best athlete. Because that means you're just gonna do what it takes. You know, you're not gonna overthink like it's my platform out. Like ultimately it's like know where you want the ball to go and do it. However it, you know, whatever it takes. And so that's a mentality that I think really worked for me. And, you know, having many nieces and nephews now, and some of them grew early and lots of friends with taller kids. Like it hurts my heart when kids grow early because they're treated like they're three years older and like they should have these competencies. And even if like they have muscles, it's like, no, you have to develop yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's been a, I really appreciate how my path has unfolded, you know? And, um, I think wherever God gave you, whether you're five, four, six, two, seven foot, like it's your job to make the most of it. And I think but I think developing from the inside out is a beautiful thing, but also go slow before you go fast.
1: Yeah, right. do, yeah. Do you think that helps both of you you as a as a couple in in coaching and training young athletes to know that maybe someone's grown a little bit too fast. Maybe we need a little bit more patience with that athlete or that person.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just wild to see these kids like fall into their bodies, you know, and I think something that that my husband does really well when he coaches and certainly when we talk to our kids, like we're such sticklers for the fundamentals. Like it's like you can't do anything else until you got your footwork, until you have a good attitude, until, you know, just the basics. You know, and yeah. it that and if you just focus on that, even when you're kind of wild, and like Bambi out there, it's yeah. going to give you a place to go back to when you're still feeling weird. You know, and then it kind of it doesn't make you don't have to worry about the XYZs. Y, Z. You're like, let me just focus on being right here mm-hmm. and yeah, my footwork, you know. So I think I think that's an antidote to that kind of stuff.
1: I got to I got to tell you, I, I would love to be an athlete. In in uh, with you guys because the way you say things like when you're feeling weird, you you, right. you, you use you, you, you use words that are so easy to comprehend. I, I bet um, can, well, I bet they just love it. I bet they. Just I'm love a simple it.
0: one for sure. Well, and I'm just weird. Like I've lived so, <laughs> so much, and I've I've failed on every stage. And you know, I think one of the beautiful blessings that I've had the way I'm made up is that like growing up, I was so oblivious. Like I still am so naive and Pollyanna, but I was so oblivious to like things outside of myself just because I was like, Oh, this is so fun. And I don't even care. <laughs> you know, and, and I, that's, that's still with me to, to, this day, to a certain extent. And that's something as well. Like, I think it's really important to say, be weird. Yeah, It's okay. To, that, that was an ugly pass. You did it like, just get the job done. Like it just takes the pressure off because there's so much mm-hmm. pressure on these kids to feel like they have to know everything from day one and know how to do everything from day one. It's, it's such a fallacy. And my son dance, he's our 13 year old. This kid is so hypercritical on himself. and, and he just, he's like me where he just needs a million reps. He just needs to get it in his system, you know, and rep it out. Whereas our oldest it's like he was born knowing how to do everything, you know? And so obviously there's like this subconscious comparison in these things. And, but it's just like, for both of them though, it's like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be weird. You're going to feel like you, you got it. You got it. And they're like, where to go? I'm like the worst, you know? And so sharing with them kind of the path to greatness or to learning, like frustration is a mechanism that our bodies are designed with to help you focus and create urgency. Mm -hmm. shouldn't that take the pressure off so anytime i get frustrated now i'm like oh okay like this is exciting i'm gonna learn something here and i've learned this through all the specialists around me so yes it's so fun to share it with these kids and i hope they like being coached by us i'm the cheerleader not the coach (laughs) i love
2: it I, I just love your perspective. I remember, um, you guys, I covered I covered Carrie down in, uh, in Rio for beach volleyball. And it was so exciting for me. This was my first time actually, like, covering beach volleyball and being a part of the Olympics Grand Stage on NBC and, you know, watching Carrie come in every day. I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Because when you walk in, Carrie, you're just – your focus is just laser. It's, mm. it's on point. But then you were posting at the time so many beautiful quotes about what was almost, like, driving you from the inside. Like, beautiful Palo Coelho quotes from the alchemist and and really like things that resonated with those that were watching you so it was almost like entry into your mind going into these enormous matches and on this grand stage of the Olympics. And I'm just curious, like, what was it for you that would help you get through the pressure of these situations? I mean, three time Olympic gold medalist, and then you're coming into Rio, you're trying to do it again. And there's a enormous you could feel the weight of the country on your shoulders, right? Like, how did you manage that pressure?
0: Um, well, I think that obliviousness really helps <laughs> that I talked about before, <laughs> you know, cause it's like my mentality with the Olympics. Um, and it ha- like, since my first, actually my, my second Olympics. So my first Olympics was indoor in 2000 and then I moved to the beach. So my first Olympics on the beach, I just had this mentality and I think it's cause I was so comfortable with Misty and I loved her so much and there was so much trust, but it's like, we have done the hard work and now we're here and now we can just go play. Wow. It felt so liberating every Olympics, even in Rio. Like Rio, I, like, I just, I, I knew we were going to win. It was so crazy. And then you have a bad night in the semis and you're like, ah, (laughs) devastation. But I just, I had that feeling. And it's like, again, because the qualification is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Like it's way harder. The Olympic tournament is way easier than any other tournament you play in Mm because it's a smaller field. There's only two Brazilians, two Germans. Usually There's like five of them, you know? And so it's just, it's interesting. It's like Hoosiers, you know, you you, you (laughs) map out the tape and the courts all the same. It's just a different setting. And so, but for me, um, thank you for, asking. I'm so glad you like that, Catherine. Like I love quotes. I've been collecting them since I was 10. Too. That's my um, life. <laughs> it's a big deal. You know? And so for me, it's like, I, I genuinely surround myself w- with that, which I want. And that inspires me. Like I've said this a million times, I only wear gold. Um, I have quotes everywhere. You know, my social media, the algorithm is all inspiring health, wellness and kicking <laughs> out, <laughs> you know? So it's like, this is what I'm surrounded by. And that helps me remember to appreciate it to remember that when things get hard, that's okay. It's part of it too. And it's there for a purpose. Um, but there's so much beauty in the process and the journey. And, the, and I think that's what was behind posting those. Everything I post is for me. You know, I share with my friends and they're like, is this like, they take it personally, but like, do you think I need this? Like therapy? I'm like, no, it's for me. I thought you'd like it. You know, right. <laughs> with, all,
3: with all those quotes and everything. Uh, do you do a lot of motivational speaking?
0: I do, you know, I, I do. And it's something that I'm really starting to enjoy. I'm, I'm not a keynote speaker yet. I really prefer the fireside conversations just because of it's like this conversation, like it could go yeah. anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I really- I need to get a keynote cause there's just so many opportunities out there. Yeah, um, but right. what I really do love is I just really love encouraging people and inspiring people. And if I do that, then that means I have to be living currently a life that I'm inspired by and encouraged with, mm-hmm. you know, so it really keeps me accountable. Um, Because I don't I never want to feel like it has been. And it's really easy to feel like that when I like I just retired. and It's like, shit, are the glory days behind? It's like, no, no, I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to a shelf life. I believe the best is yet to come. And it's up to me to figure that out. Even though right now I have no star and I feel a bit lost. um, I'm I'm, you know, allowing the process to unfold. And it always works out pretty beautifully. Right. Yeah.
2: Definitely a question we all had, but certainly, I mean, retirement, it's such, a, it's such an impactful moment in time for any professional athlete, um, and it can go a number of ways. And, I'm, uh, you know, when, when you finally came to the realization that the beach volleyball career was coming to an end and was going to end, how hard was it for you to transition into this new phase of your life? I mean, you have a beautiful family, you had so much to be grateful for, but your identity as a beach volleyball player was changing, and so much of that is, you
0: know, what we define ourselves by. It really is. You know, I think the hardest part has been like, I miss being physical so bad. I mean, I just, I love training. I love feeling strong. It's, it's part of my identity and that, you know, with COVID and with injuries, like it's, it's been a challenging couple of years with regard to my physicality, but I've come strong, like through strongly knowing that whatever I do next, physicality is going to be a part of it. Like, it's just, that's important, that, that wellness, that fire inside, you know, it's not just mental and spiritual. It's like, it's part of me. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm retired from Olympic competition. I can't say I'm retired, retired because I'm working on, you know, starting a pro beach volleyball league and I might just need to play in it. (laughs) You know, I just, you just never know. And I believe in this game so much. And, but the Olympics, you know, now I will be a, I'll be a, uh, I guess, a viewer, you know, and hopefully yeah. I'll be over in Paris. Like we were connecting about Catherine and be over there creating some content, mm-hmm. but, um, it's definitely a, it's a grieving process for sure. And it's just cause my best friends are who I trained with. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've lived so much life with that, with the people that I was on these journeys with. And that just goes away, yeah. you know, not that the friendships go away, but I got to see them every day by default, <laughs> you know, my oh, yeah. life is so busy, but I'm so happy. You know, when I was 30 we had our first child and it's like now that I, I'm 45 and my kids are getting older and, and I'm in this transition. I'm just so grateful that for me, my, that my situation worked to, to start a family while I was still going, Yeah, you know, because I feel like I would be in major crisis right now had I not done that. And after every baby, it was so crazy. Kind of when you get pregnant, you go away, you're not competing. You kind of realize how fast the world moves on. You know, and so I was virtually pregnant for two years in a row with my boys. They're Irish twins, you know, under a year apart. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. hey, well, you forgot." <laughs> you know, and now it's like, get back to work. And then after I have my daughter, same thing happened. And, and I thought I'd be really prepared to retire because you live these moments of the world moved on. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a grieving process and there is an identity wrapped up in it that is interesting. Like I, I want to, I need to know as a human woman soul that I provide value even when I'm not winning. Mm-hmm. And that's something that it's hard for me to feel satisfied or successful when I'm not performing to win, you know, so I'm really trying to work on these things. And what do you do as Would far you- as like replicating the discipline? You know, your, your schedule was so specific
2: every single day when it came to your training and your eating yeah. and everything and i find i need to be disciplined i am very regimented with my schedule even if i have sure. nothing in the calendar i'm like i'm going to find a way to yeah. make my day very strict um are you that way too do you you know after after having such a disciplined schedule how do you
0: replicate that now well so now what i know is i need a schedule like i need structure yeah. in my days yeah. otherwise i'm just gonna be listless and very very dissatisfied. And so for me, I'm trying to take the fact that I know I, I need and like structure and I structure in the non-negotiables, right? The training, the nutrition, the family time, like the things that make my life feel good and make me feel good within my life. And then I just kind of create my ideal workday around that. You know, but I, I need to get in my meditation and my training. Like, that's just what I need to do. You know, and for a while, I was like, oh my gosh, all this freedom. I don't need to schedule anything. And I was yeah. miserable. It's not- <laughs> oh my gosh. And now I'm trying to kind of go back to where I do work out three times a day, but it's not like I have three, one and a half to two hour trainings. It's like one will be kind of like an hour, and then I'll have two other ones that are 15 to 20 minutes you know, and just kind of get these workout little snacks in that, like my friend calls it and, you know, work on my tushy and make sure I feel strong, and <laughs> keep my heart rate up. Um, so it's different, okay. it's, but I also didn't want to sprint anymore. Like yeah. something that I'm so devoted to is like I sprinted my whole life and I didn't have control of my schedule. And so I'm really, now that I'm a big girl and in transitioning, it's like, I want to control my schedule and I don't want to sprint. So I've threaded the needle for so long. That's so stressful, totally unnecessarily. And so I'm trying to kind of spread out my things and enjoy, you know,
1: mm-hmm. the time more, the 1440. Carrie, K- you said three times a day. Can I go back to that for a second? Three? <laughs> no. Well, it, you know. It sounds
0: so dramatic, but it's just, you know, like if you were to stand up, darling, and just do like, you know, some like a squat. He is, he is standing. <laughs> Hold, on.
1: Hold on. I always bring my clubs with me, Carrie. Okay. Exactly.
0: <laughs> just there get that rotation. It's so important. Watch, I, that, you know, watch
3: that artwork behind you. Careful. I know, Seriously.
0: <laughs> what I really believe in, and I believe in this my whole career, but I just want to keep expanding, like literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. And if I'm not moving, I'm in trouble, you know, and, and I, I do zoom calls and these, wonderful opportunities for podcasts and work all day long. And sitting is just the death of me. I can't do it. So anything to move the energy, which obviously then will spark my spirit, like that allows me to perform better.
3: And and that's the biggest thing with retired athletes is the structure the schedule. Every single one of them that's, you know, our friends and that we've played with, they say the same thing. And then when they don't have it, look how many of them are overweight now because they can't get back into it now. It's crazy.
0: Right. And then it's like a domino effect.
3: It's totally. And
0: you're, you're kind of, cause you're, you're, once you're an athlete, you're always an athlete, but if you're mm-hmm. like overweight and then your joints start to lock down and you're less mobile, it's like your confidence goes and then you shrink. And then you're like questioning and you know, it's like a slippery slope and it's a human condition. Um, I just really want to be proactive right. and stay ahead of it. And I have so much compassion for people who haven't moved for 10 years, but they decided today's the day. And mm-hmm. then the yeah. key is like, we can change our life on a right. dime if we commit to it, but then tomorrow, today's the day and the next day, today's the day, you know, and that's yeah. kind of the hard part going back to discipline that we are our habits, you know, and understanding things are going to be hard to me takes the pressure off it because then I just don't expect that ease and flow all the time. I expect things to get ugly and weird.
1: Carrie, I was really lucky when I retired from the NHL, I was, I was quite young. I tore my ACL twice and I, I decided to go in a different direction. And, and many, I told many people that uh, my career was uh, ruined by a certain player that fell on me. And, and other people after that said, no, your career actually started after that uh, call on you. Uh, yeah. But I got into broadcasting right away, like, yeah. like immediately. And I, I, I tell you that, I mean, for a lot of athletes that get into broadcasting, we're very lucky because you're still mm-hmm. around your sure. the passion, you know, although you're not part of it, you're still part of it, which a lot yeah. of former athletes aren't, aren't, aren't there. Are, are you considering or do you do broadcasting as well? And, and with the Olympics coming up and all that, that kind of stuff? Yeah. You know, you I, and I Catherine have that happen would be unbelievable. Together, I
0: would love to do it with Catherine. <laughs> We've my god, had a couple of things together over the years, which are so fun. I would love that. So easy, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I look forward to kind of delving more into that world. Um, I've done it, you know, in the past and just kind of in and out. Um, I was. I didn't want to be in the booth in, you know, in Paris and just kind of locked down in one spot. I'm kind of more of a free spirit and want to be around. So I'm going to be, I'll be in Paris and I'll be doing some kind of lifestyle Olympic centric content, which I'm so excited for. And I just talked to Molly Solomon, who we all love and and her team over there to see if we can, you know, work together on that. Um, But, you know, cause LA 2028 is coming up. And to your point, it's like, I want to, there's like a path that's, that's visible. Yeah. I, I have no idea what the, you know, the stops are in between, but I know after Paris, there's LA and I want to be prominent there on yeah. camera, you know, inspiring and connecting and staying connected to yeah. the Olympic, you know, movement, which to me has changed my life and is so powerful. Sure. You know, so um mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to be on camera. I talk so fast. Like I do you guys like edit yourself? Like, oh, I nice? get yelled at all the time for oh. talking too fast, yeah. Carrie. Join the club. It is
2: like because you have so yeah. much to say you're excited and you want to, but it's 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 almost like you have to come down to a level of speaking so slowly that in your mind you're thinking, oh, this is crazy, I'm talking so slow, but the viewer does not interpret it the way you do right. and well, yeah. how
0: do you get how do you get your racing thoughts to mimic that? um yeah, that's a good question.'m i question. I'm <laughs> <afraid I'm laughs> lot, lots
2: of
3: lots of repetition
2: yeah. It's very
1: it is very difficult i when I was starting when I retired, I was uh you know as i said twenty six high octane smaller guy, full of energy, um, and it was Bill Clement that I was working with at, at ESPN when I first started, and, and he just gave me some advice, and he's an experienced guy and, and very, uh, very thorough with how he prepares, and, and we're, we're much different in the way we are. I'm more reactionary and energetic and find mm-hmm. things that are way out in left field, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he's more like, he's got acting skills, you know, as an example. Yeah. So, Bill, so Bill Clement pulled me aside one time, and he says, listen, you've got great information. He says, "I caught part of one, part of uh, the other, part of the thirteenth thing." He says, "You've got to narrow it down and find yes. one thing to focus on and speak a little bit slower to grab my attention." And and uh, I, I I tried to go from a rat a tat 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 guy to a all right, calm things down a little bit, you'll be just fine. Well, you found Trust your me.
2: stride, clearly. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so that's
2: helpful. Prioritize what you want to tell the audience. That's a big thing, too. Just make sure it's like a couple yep. things in your head, even though you've got all these ideas, narrowing it down. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, with football, I only get about 15 seconds on my hands. So <laughs> yeah. like, listen, What did you, exactly. did you just say? <laughs> like,
1: I, actually, you had the interview of the year. And, and, and the reason why you had the interview the year, because you just listened and you let it, you let it come Uh, to you. Absolutely. I I recently had an interview on the bench in Edmonton with the visiting coach, Rod Brindamore, and his team was getting pounded. And and I remember thinking, okay, how am I going to ask him a question? He's losing five, nothing. And he just went to it and I just kept that microphone right at his lips. And he just kept going, you know, so there's just times where as a, you know, you're a great person, even though I've just met you 38 minutes ago. <laughs> but you get that feel and then then you bring them into your world and you can, yeah, I don't know. You, yeah. you'll be, you're going to- Well, live, it sounds great. like
0: living in the moment is like very important, right? Because then you have the instinct to just listen and to put yeah, that mic yeah. up to their mouth. And, and that's something that certainly to be great in sports, all of you guys know you have to do that. To be great on camera, you have to do that. Um, and I swear, like- I really like to think about things like, like the antidote, the antidote to me to most stresses in life is to live in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's just where everything comes to you, you know? So I will take all of your guidance and insights <laughs> with me because you know, I, and it's something I keep arguing for. I'm like, well, shit, if you met my mom, she talks to you in fashion than me and it's just part of my DNA. But yep. and I'm like, why am I arguing for my limitations? Like stop it <laughs> yeah. Also, well, embrace everything that makes you great, like yeah. talking
2: fast that's and right. being energetic and being high energy. Like that's all amazing. And by the way, that translates amazingly yeah, on camera. It too. Sure does. It's a yeah, it's it sure a- does. Great. You can't teach it. It's inherent.
0: It's well, a- when you're being interviewed when you're yeah. being interviewed, right? Not when you're,
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I bring an element. People always say to me, like, you just, you're the same person on camera as you are yeah. off camera. It's like, I just genuinely care about the person I'm talking to and, you know, asking the right questions. I just remember going back to Rio when, you know, I it was my first time covering beach volleyball. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I had two amazing people that I was working side by side with, with Chris Marlowe and Kevin Wong. Um, yeah. both, you know beach volleyball players and I we got there a week before competition began and I just wow. sat and I stood and I went to all the practices of all the nations oh, wow. and just listened and I listened to how they were asking questions of the athletes what what the lingo was and you know you just I find because you said that key word listening and I just think just in life like listen to what you hear listen to those around you in your professional and in your personal life it's amazing nowadays how much we just don't listen and yeah. you miss out on, on moments and and, and information. In preparation.
1: Yep. So, listen, at, listen to the answers, right? KT. Yep. Listen yep. to what they're saying. Yeah. They're, they're leading you in a different, they're leading you in the direction that they right, want to right. go to and maybe you can find something from them.
2: Yeah. Right. Okay. So, I love, love. Carrie. You did mention, um, the team, the professional volleyball league, but also I know there's a team in San Diego you're involved with right now. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Don't it's so
0: fun.
1: That. All oh, nice weather still- places, by the way. Yeah, nice I know. I,
0: you know, I, I went to Stanford. I'm a smart girl. <laughs> um, you know, so the Pro Volleyball Federation <laughs> had just launched end of January and I am part of the ownership group um, for the San Diego Mojo. There are seven teams in this inaugural season, um, places like Omaha um, Oh my God, I'm gonna be an idiot. Orlando. I don't need to go Vegas, you know, so seven amazing teams and, um, I'm part of the ownership group and we were one of the last teams announced. And so we're playing a bit of catch up, but we have an amazing roster of athletes. These girls, I, I don't know if you guys know, but typically when the girls graduate college, they're amazing athletes like hungry to become pros. Usually America's best. They have to go overseas for eight months out of the year to go make a living playing, you know, club ball overseas, whether it's Asia or Brazil or, or Europe. Um, but this this franchise and this um, league is allowing the athletes to stay at home to make sixty grand for a four and a half month season, which wow. and it's guaranteed. There's two Great. players per, per team that are franchise players, um, and all the kind of like nil and like love that they've accrued over college doesn't go away because they get to stay here and play. You know, whereas the moment you sign an overseas contract, um, all of that love and adoration and connectivity goes away. So this is a solution that has been a long time coming. I'm so proud to be part of this. Um, I'm supporting on the league side where I can. And then the mojo, we play at Viejas Arena um, where the Aztecs play in San Diego. And our first game home game is on the 23rd. If you guys are around, wow! Bring all your friends. Can we watch
3: us? Where can we watch us? at?
0: you can watch us streaming and all the stadium channels. Certainly, YouTube. We okay. have. I think we're finalizing our TV broadcast with CBS, wow. um, but we haven't hit that. We haven't been on network yet, but that's coming. So Great. Stadium Sports. Um, but it's pretty wonderful. And if you guys can follow San Diego Mojo VB, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty fun. You know, the girls are so charismatic. They're beautiful. They're strong. They're fit. They're hungry. Um, and the, our, the first match of the entire league was in Omaha, Nebraska, like the most genius place to play the first match of the league. And almost twelve thousand people showed up, um, you know. And earlier in the year, they had ninety-two thousand people show up when they played in their football stadium for yep. the Cornhuskers. Like that was incredible. That uh, was one, one of the sports. Right.
2: I mean, that made okay. national headlines.
0: It Was amazing. Global, global, you know, and and volleyball, it's like our time is now. And now, you know, the media, NBC and and ESPN, like they're getting behind collegiate volleyball. And once the media gets behind something, you know, it's going to take off. And so I'm just, this has been a long time coming. It's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah. And we're seeing it with with women's sports
0: there you Looking go at it right nice. now yeah Atta boy. looks great yeah it looks we're really great like
2: women's sports i'm carrie i know we've, we've kept you on a long time but i do want to acknowledge that one of the biggest reasons i wanted to have you on this week was because it's national girls and women in sports day mm-hmm. on february 7th which is just a wonderful day to celebrate what we all celebrate every day anyway but you know what do you think about you mentioned with how big volleyball is becoming and, and now with the t- media rights deals we see it with women's hockey as well um we're seeing so much investment in women's sports and it continues to grow and continues to prove the, you know, the naysayers wrong, but in honor of this great day where we celebrate sports and women in sports and girls in sports, where do you think we're heading with all of this?
0: I mean, I believe we're heading to beautiful green pastures and, you know, no ceilings. Um, We're not male sports. We're not men's sports. We're different. And I feel like finally our culture and society and the marketplace is willing to acknowledge the greatness of women's sports without comparing You know, the moment you compare it, just both lose and mostly the women lose, you know, the men are so dynamic and they, they celebrate what's best about them. And now we're starting to celebrate what's best, most unique about women. And that to me is the best part. I have two little boys. I love the way they play and get dirty and wild. I have a little girl. I love (laughs) the way she shows up and expresses her competitive fire. It's different, you know? And so I just, I want to, I want us all to just really appreciate the moment that we're in and make it consistent, you know, and people say, you know, how can we support? It's like, you got to show up. And you don't just show up once, like you literally got to show up. You got to tell your friends because it takes time, you know, it's a snowball and it's just going to accrue and accumulate. But if you don't show up, um, you know, it's just hard to get momentum.
1: You're right. It, that's exactly right. Participation, going there, watching it. Yeah. Um, I, I've got five little granddaughters that no. are four and under. And I, oh. just <laughs> spent, I just spent four days with three of them in New Jersey. I've got two of them in St. Louis. So Oh my goodness, make this great.
0: <laughs> and yes,
1: I, and, on and you know, and I've got to do my part as well. Yeah, um, that's it's exactly it work, we need it's our male and, allies you know, as well. That's yeah. so
0: important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, exactly I think it's right. evident that we have them. Like we're not alone. You know, like initially, you know, when the women's soccer team kind of was advocating and, and raging and all these things, I was like, oh, I think there's a better way to do it where it's not yeah. so polarizing. But what I've learned through COVID and through that, it's like sometimes you gotta get loud and you gotta make people uncomfortable. And then things settle. And then you can come together again, you know, but I feel like I hope that we've broken through that kind of cement wall that was 10 feet thick of like, no, this is not going to change. This is the way it is. It's never the way it is. It's the way it is is if you settle for it, because you get what you settle for. Mm -hmm. So I think that the world and not just the women, the world is ready to see, you know, different expressions of, of, of sports. And I'm just, I'm proud that my kids will be part of that. Yeah.
2: That's awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. Perfect way to
2: end. Um, oh, Carrie, Lord. we're taking up so much of your time. But we know you're very busy. You oh. got to get that third workout in. It's only, uh, what is it, noon? <laughs> Seriously. Do <laughs> <talk> <laughs> well, I got time. My daughter plays a okay. game of four. So. Perfect, perfect. Oh. It's always good to see you and chat with you. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what's coming up for Paris 24 with you. Um, I'm sure we'll be chatting via, you know, earpieces course, in different countries. But- Maybe I'll see you in Edgewood, all right? of you. Yes. yes. We'll love that. We'll be there in July. I got to start golfing so I can participate. Oh, my God. You, we would do. be great. Carrie, you don't not have to golf to participate. If you want to play in that okay. tournament, let's go. Let's get okay. Carrie involved. Uh, I would well, love yeah. that. I'm one that of the only like three women that play in it. It's a little. Oh, really? But I swing and miss sometimes. I can't it's do right. that out there. No,
0: it's, it's not. Okay. I, 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 I get so scared golfing well, in front of people that I basically ego can't handle that, Catherine.
1: <laughs> you know, Carrie, you know what you got to do, Carrie? The same what? thing you did in all your other sports. You got to practice. You get the fundamentals. You get the grip. You get the foundation. And then you're going to be just fine because you're a great athlete. Trust All me right. on that. okay? Well, I, I do trust, trust
0: you me. guys. And I live, my backyard is on the golf course. So I have no. Perfect. Really. We get those All clubs through. out when the snow melts. We
1: appreciate it. Inspirational. Thank you uh, very yeah. much yeah, for yeah, joining us. Pleasure time. meeting you.
0: You Welcome. too, you guys. God bless. Take care. Welcome. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Good hey. luck with everything. Thank you. You too. <laughs>
1: uh, and, and. and KT, that's a good friend of yours, man. You're bringing, well. You you're know, listen, That's I'd like a good to girl.
2: A, I'd like to consider her a friend. I would love that, and I know she would. She would. You know, she would. Uh, you know, appeal to my ego in that regard and say that. But I, I have to tell you. I mean, as a young woman growing up and watching Carrie Walsh Jennings on the global stage, winning gold medals yep. with Missy Trainer, and it was just amazing. Then to be told you're covering beach volleyball in Rio, wow. and I'm like, uh, I mean, starstruck. Wow doesn't even describe it but just because you are like wow this is this woman i've looked up to for so long and you know she's only a few years older than me but from an athletic standpoint and also from what she represents i mean you just you just said it pang inspirational um and to see her come into that venue every day you guys i'm talking like every camera was available at nbc it was always the primetime game on nbc you know carrie's and april ross's match and it was and their games and um just she's a force you, you meant six foot yeah. two plus I mean, a total force and of positivity and also intensity when she plays it is I a hope. remarkable thing to see and to witness in person and i am so grateful and honored that i had an opportunity yeah. to be on those sidelines for beach volleyball
3: i was lucky enough to watch her play back in the hermosa beach manhattan beach days in the early 2000s uh with wow. our good friend georgie Go over there yeah. and watch with him but yeah. uh, i was just going to make a comment when Catherine said oh i went over early in brazil and, I you know, wanted to watch and listen. She was at Copacabana Beach Banger, let's face it.
1: Oh, I know. That's so. why she went oh, over I early.
2: I wanted to go early and get my
3: prep yeah. yeah. I did. I at had to well, Copa. I lost, Copa. My, luggage, I, I lost <laughs> my luggage.
2: I lost my luggage. I won't bury the airline that made my trip an absolute living hell getting to Brazil. But I didn't have clothes wow. for like three days that I was
3: there. Don't even, don't even get me started on <laughs> I airlines know, again. It's I every I week. Here we go.
2: But that was awesome. And I'm very grateful we had her on such an important week with yeah. National Girls and Women in Sport Day. Um, you know, we're going to see it all over Instagram and Twitter and everything, just promoting the importance of women in sports. And Panger, you mentioned your five beautiful granddaughters, like yeah. if and when they decide they want to play sports. It is such to me, having played sports my whole life, not at the level Carrie did, obviously, but uh, it made me who I am. It's made me who I am in my career. It makes me want to ask the right questions of athletes. Um, It made me have friends at a young age. It gave me confidence at a young age. Uh, There's just so much greatness with sports. And I am glad that our society is really encouraging women and young girls to get involved more in sports and to have that support they
1: need to do so. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not the first generation to, to try to knock down barriers. I I remember my sister, Sherry, was a, a heck of an athlete she was a great swimmer when she was younger and then she morphed into a lacrosse team her and i she played on my bantam lacrosse team uh in in ottawa we were playing actually for the gloucester griffins and she was good enough she was a good enough player to join our team of what 14 or 15. we won a canadian national championship and i i just we still look at those pictures and and you know and i you know i remember S- certainly she got knocked down and people, you know, guys said things about her because she's a female. She just gave it right back to them. It didn't matter if you're, you know, she went out there and she was yeah. competitive and she did it. But as years go on, many, many athletes have, have done so. Um, some have stuck with it. Some have not stuck with it. I, I, you know, the barriers that have been broken in the PWHL, you know, the Women's Hockey yeah. League. We're seeing oh, that. That turnout well, in Minnesota, seeing, that's amazing. In Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Now that needs to keep going again right. because leagues have tried to to start up and, and, and for whatever reason it hasn't been successful. It's very important for the girls to continue to promote, to play competitive hockey, to play hard and, and to, to win people over that way so that people want to go. So sponsors want to spend money. Right. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. My, my daughter, Sammy, she, like Carrie just said, my daughter played every sport. She wasn't great in anyone's sports. She'd be the first to admit, but she tried everything. Yeah. volleyball, soccer, track and field, uh, diving. And I, and I always applaud her for that because she loved all the sports, she wanted to be part of a team and she was a great teammate and I think that's 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 something that has helped her for her entire life. She got on a horse when she was five years old. She can still go ride a horse. She can go skating. She can still she can go play soccer right now. Like well, you know, but you knew so be the best up. or the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So um anyway, I'm I'm really inspired by Carrie. I'm glad uh, that we had her on our back to you yeah. show and um and, and and you're gonna be on the microphone I'm sure with her and you're gonna say and back to you, Carrie.
2: Yeah, back to you, Carrie. That's right. I will. I will. In a couple months.
1: I, I, I say we get
3: a boat when we go to Tahoe in July and just cruise on over to her. I love house. it.
2: Let's go cruise Do over it. to her house oh. and uh, play in, near her cabin. Um, well, all right. We thank Carrie Walsh Jennings for joining us. And, guys, uh, it is a big week. All of our colleagues and everybody on the planet is focused on the Super Bowl. So I've got to put I heard about on it. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of this big deal happening. Uh, i got to yeah. put you on the spot and get some predictions. Niner, what are you thinking? Oh, for-
3: Go, go I know what thinking.
1: Go ahead, go ahead, well,
3: I'm
1: well, I'm highly influenced by by uh, my son in law. Uh Luke okay. uh Clifford is from he's from Kansas City. He met my daughter at at Mizzou. Um he I you know, he loves the Royals, he he loves the Chiefs. Um so I'm all in for the I've all I'm always in for the Chiefs. When I see my little granddaughter <sighs> Charlie and little little Hadley and one of them's got the the Kelsey little sweater on and one of them's got the Mahomes sweater and the, the minute it's a, a Chiefs day, they put them on, everybody's pumped <laughs> up in the house, then I'm ready to go. So I will not sway away from that whatsoever. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards that and uh and their experience is what i'm yeah, going to say is going to sure. get them yeah. through it's the experience of being in the big moment on stage with the microphone with the with with everything around them you can't teach that guys you guys know that you have to have that experience and so that's why i'm gonna lean towards the chiefs niner what do you got there big guy
3: it's been so tough the last few weeks uh you know i was, oh, heart- I was heartbroken come on, big guy. i was heartbroken when uh when Detroit got beat the way they got beat. but
1: um, Yeah. Sorry about that, it, buddy. That's, that was an emotional well, one for you. And I, know I was that. numb. I was
3: numb all night. I didn't know <laughs> what to think.
1: But That's um, not the first time is. you've been numb all night. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, KT and Panger,
3: um, I can honestly go on record saying for the last about seven, eight weeks of the season, I was dead set on whoever was coming out of the NFC is who I was going to bet on for Super hmm. Bowl. I just felt it was the NFC's time this year. Now that we're there, to see Kansas City go on the the road, so they beat Buffalo, Mm -hmm. they beat Baltimore, right? So they knock off a couple big seeds on the road. They've got the experience. They've won it before. Technically and usually you'll go with the better quarterback in a Super Bowl game, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. 78% of the wagers are coming in on Kansas City. And you know how I feel about when general public and all the money comes on one side. I want to lean towards the other. I look at it where, okay, Mahomes, better quarterback. But he's the better quarterback, has the has the trophies already. But Sam Fran's got some weapons.
2: Yeah, they running, got weapons. Running back,
3: running back better. Tight end, just as equal, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Better wideouts. Their defense got exposed a little bit by Detroit mm-hmm. in the run game. There we- but Kansas City's got a good defense, too. I They're pretty tight defensively. It's just going to be a matter of of, of turnovers like it always is. But it's tough because you know who I'm going to Super Bowl with, and and those guys are already dead set on Kansas City. I'm leaning San Fran. I can't bet against my friends and watch the game at the same time. So what I am going to do is I'm going to bet heads. So I'm going on record by coin toss and taking heads. And I may just have to play the over-under. And uh, either root for no points or a lot of points, and maybe just stay away. But my my heart's telling me San Francisco, and I don't want to deter from uh-huh. that. But I'm I'm leaning San Francisco.
2: Twenty minutes later, he gives us his pick. But I had to uh-huh. give I had to give
3: my reasons for it.
2: I guess so. You did. Oh. I'm gonna just keep oh. it simple. I think they're both. Point, I want to see point, a great point. game. I think we've got we're going to see a great game. Very mm-hmm. evenly matched teams. To your point, I like the wideouts. I like the offense for. San Fran a little bit better in the regard of what they've mm-hmm. done recently, but but Kansas City was not very good offensively all season long, and then all of a sudden flipped a coin, and here they are rolling yeah. into the Super Bowl. So I I would not bet against Mahomes and the experience and the coaching experience of Andy Reid, and I just Thank think having been there, done that, this whole week is just going to be like old hat for them. They're not going to be phased at all by Vegas and the celebrities and the the, the demands of the schedule. The way maybe San Francisco will be. So I'm just leaning based on experience and based on what we've seen in recent weeks of who they've beat to get to this point.
3: I'm gonna give the edge to Kansas City. You give Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes two weeks to get ready yeah. for a
1: game. Yeah, good, yeah. Luck. Oh, good luck. I like the odds. I like the odds. On oh. another note, it would it would make the uh, the Super Bowl would be even greater if they would have, have if they would have Tracy Chapman. And Luke Combs sing wow. Fast Car wow. like they did in the Grand. That was so good. That was so good, you guys. Was was that unbelievable? I, the I'm way, so I know I'm segwaying with into music. I always like, do. We never
2: see her. We never see her. We never her. And for her to get up on that stage with him, oh my gosh, in wow. a beautiful rendition. That song is amazing to begin with. But then yeah. to see her wow. and she's so wonderful.
3: I haven't heard that song in so long, too. And then for them to belt that out. Yeah. Um,
1: no. I'd be, I really. Tr- little Charlie uh, when I was at the you know like this summer for some reason fast car is her favorite song so uh-huh. then so then I played her I played her Tracy Chapman's and she kind of was going back and forth on the voice and wasn't sure you know Tracy's a, a girl's name, but she's got such a beautiful strong voice and and I explained to her and showed her pictures of Tracy and and then she's like every every single day, five times a day I had to play both songs. I had to finally make a playlist and and it had to be both songs. And it was just incredible how that song can grab anybody. And the voice of Tracy Chapman. Power of music, right? I I don't think her her voice hasn't changed. It's crazy. She looks like incredible shape too. I mean, not seen for so long. Anyway, that was great. I just thought I'd throw that in there. And and real quick. my music.
3: Yeah, that's a great, great point. And I want to segue while we're in the the music side of things here. I I want to give a... uh, R.I.P. out to our, our yeah. great friend Toby Keith, oh,
1: uh, my who,
3: who passed today and and um, or yesterday, I should say, uh, at the time of filming this podcast. But um, you know, I have a great Toby mm-hmm. Keith story, and uh, it goes back to the old uh, Diamond Resorts golf tournament in Florida, which is now the Hilton Grand Vacations uh, tournament. And uh, his good friend Toby Keith's good friend Roger Clemens, who loves the mm-hmm. DJ. Calls himself DJ No Request. He rented out a bowling alley, a two-lane bowling alley. And all the celebs came and were singing karaoke. And you know I love my journey. So we're playing Don't Stop Believing. I get up there and Roger introduces me. And my great friend from college, Rob McDonald, who uh, lives down in Orlando, he goes, do you realize what just happened during your song? And I had a couple cocktails in me. I really wasn't sure what was going on. I felt in the moment that I was singing so good. I didn't even realize Toby Keith grabbed the mic and saying "Don't stop believing" along my side singing karaoke. Oh, no and way. I thought it was me sounding so good the whole time. And I look <laughs> over to Toby Keith. I'm good at this karaoke thing, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, what a what a great thing to just happen to me!" And I'll never forget that day. So, all right, Man, that is Toby un- Keith. That is
1: unbelievable. Anybody record that for you? Uh, I think
3: my buddy might have had it on his phone, or he's at oh, least got a picture. But uh, I'll have to ask him for it. Yeah, what a moment.
1: That's oh, awesome. Man. That's rest awesome. in peace. Far too yeah, young. For sure, for, sure and, ag- for and it, sure. and again, cancer grabs somebody way too young. It's just just breaks your heart, for sure.
2: Yep. 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 Rest in yeah, peace, Toby Keith. Nice to hear all the tributes pouring in though and to hear the music uh everywhere on social media and just, you know, it's um uh, He was amazing and his music will always be there and always be a a memory of who he was and what he stood for with this great country and, um, and country music as well. So
1: never, Um, never apologize for being patriotic. No, it's right. Right. Right
2: speaking of um we have some wonderful patriotism with our johnny o's gear and uh i know he always has great colors and around fourth of july some cool logo stuff but we do want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors with johnny o's it's um you can actually go to johnny o Sorry, Johnny O.com and get 15%. I'm screwing this up, you guys. Panger, you're way better with this, but you can get 15% off your order by entering the code B, the number 2Y, and the number 15. That's B2Y15. Back to you. You get some really cool gear. Uh, Johnny O's gear is so soft and so wonderful to wear. They have a number of women's items and more to come in the month of March. So stay tuned for that. But again, Johnny O.com. And we thank them. For all the gear they gave us and continue to give us, uh women's line coming soon. Stay tuned. But it the gentleman, like, anything like the gentleman, will be in good shape.
1: Well, I was just uh I was just over at uh, Whisper Rock in in, uh, in Scottsdale. Oh, here for he goes four,
2: name dropping for Greg. four, for four <laughs>
1: days. Hey, and, and I happened to run into our our good buddy Colt Nose was over there. Hi, yeah. stolen the with all the boys. Yeah, so we we were all in one area, and he came over to. To our area and and uh of course i i had my mirror clubs there with me for sure uh without a doubt see them right there and the casual you know what i got the johnny o's in the pro shop everywhere you go you got the johnny o's i mean he yeah. is everywhere truly yeah. i know we, i know johnny's got it's casual stuff too we you know that that's the best part about it but like i'm on the road all the time you guys are on the road all the time i i, I wear this stuff all all the time like it's yeah. it's it's just perfect so uh and this is the kind of weather oh by the way the weather was beautiful in scottsdale if you if you guys were in the cold and i'm just K- i'm just saying kt ask i'm him just how much- wondering
2: when we can end this podcast so i can stop listening to all the great stuff that's <laughs> happening
3: in life. ask pinger how many times he called me during that week while i was here yeah. 10 minutes away nope zero um,
1: i I tried a couple of times. I big just time couldn't meet. get the words out. Just big I time just couldn't meet. get the words out. Ten, <laughs> Ten minutes away. <laughs> hey,
3: Niner, you want to come meet us for a drink? I'm good. I love it. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> well, enjoy the
2: rest of your week before the Super Bowl. Um, ha- we thank Carrie Walsh Jennings once again for joining yeah. us. We thank Johnny O's. We thank the folks at Mira and everybody else that has supported our great podcast. Back to you. Don't forget, you can log on and find us on all your social media channels as well as YouTube and uh yeah have a great week guys enjoy the super bowl a big game and we'll chat afterwards see who was right. <laughs> enjoy guys that sounds <laughs> great
1: everybody great bye job kt niner have a good week bye bye guys you go to johnny-o.com johnny-o.com 50 percent off the first purchase and using the B2Y15, B2Y15, back to you, 15. So that's 15% off their first purchase. Our good friends over at Johnny O's, and don't forget. Well, gang, on this show, we like to showcase an event or a story which caught our attention as it relates to an achievement featuring hard work and dedication of one's craft. That's exactly what Back To You is all about. This is powered by Mura Golf. And when you think of Mura Golf, you think of Katsuhiro Mura, the founder of Mura Golf, and he's mastered the art of steel. Take a look at this. Mm. That's hand forged, baby, right there. That's what this is all about. Every forge club is handcrafted at the factory in Himeji, Japan, where Mura's meticulous process and attention to detail highlight the family's unwavering pursuit of perfection. And if that isn't, back to you. I don't know what is.